Our scripture this morning comes, guess what? From John, my favorite gospel. <laughs> it is John chapter 16, verses 12 through 15. John 16, verses 12 through 15. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth, for he will not speak on his own, but will speak whatever he hears, and he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me because he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All that the Father has is mine. For this reason, I said that he will take what is mine and declare it to you. May the Lord add his blessing to the reading and hearing of God's word. Let us pray. Father God, again, we thank you for your word. We thank you for those like John who were bold enough and brave enough, Lord, to speak your truth. Lord, give us ears this morning to hear your truth and to live out what it means. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. I don't know where all you are from. I have been a lifelong Alabamian Southerner, and living in the South is quite different than living anywhere else in the country. Generally, as a people, we are laid back, we are friendly, and we love our families. And whenever we get together for anything, it's a celebration. A celebration of laughter, of food, of course, and talking. We just can't seem to get enough talking in with our family and our friends. Normally, in any type of southern gathering, it could take at least 30 minutes to say goodbye. Because there is always one more thing to tell somebody. True? Truth. <laughs> I have a friend whose brother is in the hospital, and I mentioned him in our prayer list, in our prayer this morning, the Reverend Bill Gandy. He is slipping away from us very quickly. Family are all trying to get there, to see him, to tell him that they love him, and to say one more thing to him before he passes. Here in our text in John's Gospel, we find Jesus 
teaching his disciples and explaining one more thing to them before he goes. He loves them so much and he wants to prepare them as best he can for the time of his leaving. He continues to try and convince the disciples that his very close departure in this text is a positive thing for them and for the entire community. But the disciples just don't seem to get it. They can't imagine it. I want you to picture this morning in your mind's eyes what those disciples might look like as they hear these words from Jesus' lips. Can you see the fear in their eyes? The concern? What are the expressions on their faces? What is their body language as Jesus talks to them about his leaving? What tone did Jesus take with these disciples? But even without all of that, we know from Jesus' repeated words for the disciples to find joy that Jesus is speaking with a group of sad and fearful disciples who are just not sure what they can bear as they think about his leaving. Here in this text, Jesus is telling them for the fifth time, the fifth time, and trying to explain to the disciples just what is going to happen. The benefits of both his leaving and the coming of the Holy Spirit. Jesus is offering here to the disciples a soothing oil. A soothing oil for these disciples who are about to lose their teacher, their leader, and their friend. Jesus offers them, though, the gift of the Holy Spirit, something that will always be with them. Always be with them. The Holy Spirit will be one that will care for and guide the entire community after Jesus leaves. Offering exactly what the disciples need in a moment of grand anxiety for them. You see, the disciples knew Jesus well. They could see and touch and smell and hear Jesus their relationship with him required faith. But not the kind of faith 
that they would have to have to believe that this Holy Spirit was coming at some undetermined time. As I read this text, I couldn't help but be reminded of John the Baptist. Remember how John the Baptist prepared the way for the coming of Jesus? It's a little bit different, though, with Jesus. Because here in this passage in John, Jesus can vouch for the Holy Spirit. He can vouch for the work that the Holy Spirit will do with an authority that John the Baptist never could. You see, John the Baptist was preparing the way for someone he had never met. Yet Jesus' introduction of the Holy Spirit was something that he knew about intimately. Because of the relationship that Jesus had not only with the Holy Spirit, but with the disciples, there was a certain power that came with his promise. And a peace that he had already demonstrated. Their relationship was set with Jesus. They could trust what he said. They know personally, if you will, the power and the presence of Jesus. And Jesus is counting on that relationship as the foundation for the promise of who is to come. Think about that. Think about that just a minute. The work of the Trinity is seen so clearly here in this passage. The relationship, if you will, between Father and Son and Holy Spirit. And the best part of that for us today is that God's Word is now living in each of us, working in each of us, so that we too can bear witness in our words and in our works that Jesus Christ is exactly who He says He is. We are given creative, life-giving words that come straight from the Father, through the Son, through the Holy Spirit to each and every one of us. And what that does is it makes us bearers of love to the world. Because we have that relationship with Jesus Christ. We know. We've experienced. So we pass along to others what we know. We also know just exactly how much God loves us. And because of that, 
we can say and do things that are far beyond the capability that we have on our own. We depend on the Holy Spirit to guide us wherever we go and whatever we do in love. So I guess that the question that we're left with this morning is whether we will listen to the Holy Spirit. Whether we will be open to a newer and deeper understanding of our faith and to understand Jesus' revelation for us here today. And our mission and our revelation is different from the disciples because we are different people and God's plan for us is different than what he planned for the disciples. With the internet and social media and around-the-clock news, we have a constant picture of local, national, and global crises that cry out for a Christian response. I can remember the very first time I watched a story on CNN News when they were first coming on the scene. And strangely enough, it was a school shooting. And I can remember sitting there in my living room, horrified that I was watching something live across the country. And it was as if I was right there. And that has only grown as the media presence has evolved in our day and our time. But what is the Christian response to all these realities that are constantly coming at us? What response can we give that is more true and more faithful to Christ. Can we, like John, trust the Holy Spirit to guide us? To help us to discern what it means to truly live out the Christian faith in today's world? You see, that, that question and that discernment hasn't changed since the disciples. Every generation of Christian has to do that for themselves, no matter what the circumstances are around them. So the fascinating thing to me about this scripture text from John is that even today, Jesus has one more thing to say, not only to his disciples, but to us today. His words offered comfort to the disciples. He helped them to remember all the things that God had done for them.
So I ask you this morning, can you remember all of the things that God has done for you? Does that give you hope? Does it give you hope in the face of the things that are coming at us from every direction these days? Isn't there reassurance in that remembrance of what God has done for you that he's not going to leave you. He's still here. He's still working. And he is still in control. And you can still trust in his promises. Does remembering all the things that he's done give you the confidence that you need to face whatever you're facing right now, be it personal or community-wise or nation-wise or world-wise? Do you have the confidence to face whatever the future brings knowing that our God is already there working. So I want to encourage you this morning to lean in close and to remember that there's always one more thing that can be heard through the Holy Spirit that will be there just for you in whatever your circumstance is. And you can trust that with all that you are. Amen and amen. Let us pray. Father God, how are there enough words to say thank you for all you've done? And Lord, maybe it's not words that you're looking for. It's our response through our action, through how we live our lives, as we remember the promises that you've made and the promises that you keep that will see us through whatever there is ahead. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.